The O3C Podcast is a proud member of the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the O3C Podcast coming to you from O3C Games. My name's Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Dow. And Minty Booth. And we're chatting about our absolute favourite video games. Announcement! Announcement! Okay, if you haven't already done so, we'd really love it if you checked out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash O3C Games. On there you'll find things like, uh, well, you'll find all of our episodes, you'll find things like deleted scenes uh, for just a couple of quid a month, uh, depending on how much you're able to give. If you can't give regularly, then we would absolutely appreciate a one-off donation as well. And then you can also go to places like o3c.games where we've got so much content outside of the regular podcast. We've got things like articles, reviews, thoughts, musings, all of it, all of that good stuff. So you've got patreon.com slash o3cgames or o3c.games. Check them out. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom, so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High-quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. So, we're gathered here today in the sight of God and his casino, <laughs> to quote that episode of The Simpsons. Beautiful, beautiful. Ah. And uh, <laughs> But we're here to hear how Minty's going to amend his list, and I'm very excited. I'm looking forward to hearing what video game he is going to be putting into his top 100 favourite video games of all time list and I'm also looking forward to hearing his heart break just a little bit as he summons one to the gallows for its uh, absolute archaic execution mm-hmm. <laughs> what's it going to be? you're going to have to wait to find out, we all are because we are first of all going to chat about what we've played this week and Minty why don't you kick us off what have you been playing this week? Not a huge amount, but I have been uh, been hacking away at Turok 2 a little bit more. I'm hoping that level 2 is a bit of a spike, because I'm getting my ass absolutely handed to me from every direction. And it's not from anything like being overwhelmed by like, hordes of powerful enemies. It's, it's mostly spiders. <laughs> In a game full of mutant half-dinosaur hybrids and man-sized chittering insects, I'm constantly getting fucked over by spiders. They're about the size of a dinner plate, and their hitbox is probably, what, one pixel? <laughs> I assume there's a game out there in a different universe where you play as a spider in a weird sort of shooter-slash-bullet-hell mashup, which would explain how I can miss a point-blank shotgun blast to the abdomen. There's also zombies in this level that throw blood at you, and it never fucking misses. Their hitboxes are fucked as well. I've been dying so much in this game. Like, I did accidentally start level 3 before level 2, and it was a lot easier, so I'm hoping that, like I said, this is just a difficulty spike, and I'm just progressing slowly and optimistically. (laughs) From last week, you will remember that I uh, I accidentally didn't save my progress in Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. Yes. I'm happy to report that I am back on track. I've only got one more Digimon to find. 
I've got no idea what it's going to be. I can't tell what it is from its silhouette. It's one of those ones where you merge two Digimon together. Digimerge. Yeah, Digimerge. A jogress, I think the word is for it, but they call it DNA Digivolution in this game. DNA Digivolution. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a, <laughs> Mergermon. It's the Mergermon. Bet- <laughs> it's it's the DNA Digivolution between... Uh, Digivolution. Kaiser Greymon and Magna Garurumon. Um, so I assume it's Ginovolon. going to be some sort of strange... Omnimon mash variation, but we'll see. Omnipotent. It's it's the last one I've got to collect, and I think once I've done that, and I'm not constantly just wanting to uh, keep my Switch idling on sleep mode with this game running so that I can get it trained up on the farm or everything, I'll probably start playing a decent bit more stuff. But yeah, that's that for now. Um, I should be done with that in maybe the next couple of days or so. I'm just waiting for both Digimon to, to level up now. So, yeah. I've also completed another DIM card. I found out this morning that when you merge two Digimon in the watch, the one in storage isn't used up. So I swapped the one that was in storage for the one that I just got this morning, merged them together and saved myself a tasty 21 hours. Got myself a second Omnimon's Vart for the other DIM card and completed it. And there was big news this week as the third generation Vital Bracelet has been unveiled, which is cool because... The build quality looks a lot better, but the main thing that's most exciting is the fact that how you exercise affects the stats of the Digimon going forward now. Oh. Like, until now, it's just been, like, do exercise, earn trophies, and, and build up uh, your Digimon's HP. It'll digivolve based on your HP and the number of trophies and such. Like, how it evolved was the only thing that your exercise affected. Once you got a Digimon, it was one of a, an unknown number of clones, effectively. The new watch looks like it will bring a greater degree of control over your Digimon, which has huge potential for, for a newly announced revamped PvP as well. So there's also talk of an updated companion app, which will utilise this new way of raising Digimon. And it's it's really exciting. I'm excited to see how it's going to be going forward. It sounds like there's a lot of investment in the development of this uh, this whole arm this whole digi arm of the uh, of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. More than I thought there would be, because it sounds like it could very much easily be a a sidetrack thing. Like, oh yeah, we're also doing this. We thought this was a fun idea. So have a laugh with it. But it's like, no, this is like, mm. you know. Yeah, it links up with uh, with the with the Digimon anime as well, and also brings in guest animes like guest animes. Um, I think they're doing one with <laughs> Demon Slayer. Yeah. Um, that's the only one I can remember. There we go. Yeah. Minty, I've got a question for you. Yes. Next month, there are two massive JRPGs coming out on the Switch. Yes. One is Live Alive, and the following week is Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yes. I really, really want to play both of them, but I know that if I play Live Alive, because it comes out the week before, even if I finish it that week, which, let's be honest... I would do. <laughs> I reckon I'd have a significant amount of JRPG burnout or JR burnout. No, it doesn't work. I'd have a considerable amount of JRPG burnout and then would probably lose my enthusiasm to jump straight into Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Right. My question for you, therefore, is twofold. One, which of these games are you getting? Two, what's the answer to that first question? <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> I'm not getting Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because it comes out on the same day as Digimon Survive. Which is another big game. Instead. I see. I had kind of forgotten about Live Alive, but I would probably get that one instead. But 
For July, Digimon Survive is the game that I will be getting. As a curveball, I have pre-ordered Live Alive. Have you? It looks so good. Yeah, because it's it's a weird JRPG. It's not a strict JRPG in that it's got kind of the, the crisscrossing stories across different timelines and things like that. Yeah. And I've had like a, a hankering to try something a little bit different, especially based on the games I've put quite a lot of time into over the last month or two. So I'm, I'm hoping that arrives at a time when I'm ready for something that I can actually play through, maybe. God knows the last time I actually finished what would... You know, have I ever finished an RPG? I, I don't think you have. <laughs> Panzer Dragoon Saga, I beat that. That was that was a few years ago. I mean, you, you barely finish any game. Not many, is the answer. Yeah. In all likelihood, I'm going to buy both and play both and complete them both in probably the space of 48 hours. Easy. No, I, I, I don't want to overdose on JRPG because I, I remember having just finished Breath of the Wild when Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out and I was like, oh, oh, I'm not biting that off yet. And I didn't for quite some time. When I came to it, I had a, I had a fantastic time. It was actually when I got off the back of playing the Breath of the Wild DLC and then I was like, ooh, I want more of this. And then I remembered Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So, yeah, don't know. Don't know. So many games. So many games. Space them out, guys. Jesus. Chris, what have you played this week? Everybody's golf. Everybody's golf. Oh yeah, how are you getting on? Have you beaten have you beaten the system yet? Not quite. I've played a lot of Everybody's Golf, but I haven't quite finished it. I'm in the post-game part of the main campaign now, and what that means is that once a day in real time, so once every real day, one of the named boss golfers will come back for a revenge match. And there's 18 of those in total. If you lose the match, they disappear and go to the back of the queue again, meaning that it's a bare minimum of 18 days to beat them all and a theoretical maximum of an infinite number of days before I get through all of them. Oh, no. And the golfer who will grant me my special fishing bait, which is the thing I, I need to finish the last online trophies, is in there somewhere. So every day I'm crossing my fingers that he pops in in his little waders and fishing vest. But I am making good progress. Like I've, I've beaten the first two of those that returned. I'm hoping that my, my luck continues as I go. And the game is just still a real joy to play. The later courses in this get really challenging. Like there's a beach course, there's a swamp course. They add loads of water hazards, which is obviously quite hard to play around because if you overshoot, you can end up in a drink and then it's very hard to play out of that or have to take, you know, penalty shots. There's a mountain course that's got loads of hills and sheer drops. That means you you have to under hit your drives quite a lot and really consider how you can use backspin to stop your ball just flying off the cliff. (laughs) And I find it bizarre how thoroughly I can get into a golf game when I see the very idea of the real sport, pretty abhorrent because it's got it's got roots in class, the physical space and natural resources are full course demands. You know, it's, there's a lot of stuff to dislike about golf, but as a dumb fantasy game that's just about reading small bumps of the green or fulfilling happy Gilmore fantasies <laughs> of being able to drive a ball like 500 yards, it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. One hand is. One of the animations that you can take uh, and apply to your custom golfer is a one-handed drive. <laughs> amazing, amazing. It's all I've ever wanted to do. Easy, easy. Me and Georgia are still going with the mystery game I mentioned last week. A couple late game tasks in that are quite Herculean in their time sink. So the finish line is perhaps a little bit further away than I realised. But at this point, it's very much become like a sunk cost thing. Because even if I'm not necessarily enjoying this final furlong, when you're sat at like 99% completion or something, it's hard not to want to persevere. So if anyone wants to keep playing the guessing game, do send me a message. I'm interested to know what you think it is that we are working through. Other than that, 
the only thing I've actually put any time into this week has been Picross on the 3DS. Aww. And uh, I'm almost at the end of Pokemon Picross, not Aww. the modern free-to-play one that came out. Oh. The previously cancelled Game Boy Color Pokemon Picross, which was found in the, the big Nintendo Giga Leak thing of a year or so ago. Oh. Oh, that's cool. It was finished and ready to come out, basically, and just never never had a release for whatever reason. Oh, stupid. And the ROM was naturally in Japanese, so as always, the fan community stepped in, tidied it up, translated it, got it ready and released it to the world. And it's it's just another Picross game, but with, with a Pokemon layer that's quite nice over the top. So there's 150 puzzles. They're based around the 150 Pokemon of Generation 1. Everyone gets a nice colour portrait when you solve it. Once you beat a puzzle, they appear in your Pokédex as being seen. If you solve the puzzle in under par time, you unlock the full entry as if you've caught them. It's all just quite nice. And then every once in a while, you unlock a little companion Pokémon that will stand alongside your character on the little overworld map and then changes the in-game music. So it's just just quite sweet, really. But that's that's it, really. Given how Picross games usually progress when made by Jupiter, I can see there being an additional mode when the main puzzles are complete. But equally, being that this was never officially released... Maybe not. Like, I'm not sure if that is in there or not. It feels like a fully realised game, though. So if anyone is somehow hankering for more Picross outside of the, what, 75 other Jupiter (laughs) developed titles on the 3DS or the Switch, (laughs) this could be a left field option that you could take uh, because it's it's easily accessible online. You know, I I have my my shiny hacked 3DS, so I can just pop it on there, no problem. And it's just been a nice thing to to play through in the evening. So I've got about 15, 20 puzzles left to go, and then I will let you know if I get some amazing reward at the end of it well i for one don't care no uh, <laughs> i for one i'm um uh, i want to want to find out i want to uh, find out i don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> is it because you saw me log on to steam while you were talking always always oh i didn't i didn't <laughs> appear offline is a gift isn't it <laughs> uh, <laughs> As for myself, I've continued to play Grindstone, Good. which has been great. I've been grinding away at that stone and making slow progress, but it's just great. Again, it is so satisfying. It doesn't get old. No. It doesn't get old. That comparison you made, Chris, to Ode to Joy playing at the end of a Peggle level yeah. is, is still spot on. And I saw somebody post a, a little clip of them beating a level on Peggle the other day, and I was like... I'd forgotten just how great that was every single time. Yeah. And yeah, likewise, Grindstone, I pulled off like a massive, like 40 combo the other day. And I mean, I took the day off, you know, it was... uh... (laughs) They're the ones that they're so good. You want to like stand up and salute the screen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. The last night of the proms, you're just like paying reverence (laughs) to the, the Grindstone flag. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, put that flag on half-mast. I am dead. (laughs) (laughs) The other game that I have played this week is back on the Steam Deck. Oh, he's back. Obviously, I finished Hollow Knight on the Switch. Happily put that down. Switch is sat ready, waiting for uh, possibly now Live Alive or Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So I went back over to the Steam Deck and I've been playing Jurassic Park Evolution Oh, dinosaurs. I bloody love dinosaurs. I tell you that. I love Jurassic Park. I've been on a bit of a dino binge leading up to seeing the new Jurassic World film, which I know isn't meant to be brilliant, but I'm just going to love it anyway. I know it. Like, Give me Sam Neill and a dinosaur and chalk me up as one happy man. I think. Yeah. And I'd also, I'd forgotten just how much I enjoyed park simulator games. I've never played a rollercoaster tycoon game, much to my shame. 
But I remember I really enjoyed Theme Park on the Saturn and later Theme Park World on the PC. And it's been really annoying that so many potentially great park sims on mobile are just freemium money sinks. So I've sort of avoided those. And I can't remember if it was an official Jurassic Park game or not. It might have just been like some off-brand dinosaur park sim but that was released on the Game Boy Advance. <laughs> but I remember it didn't really sort of deliver on the potential of like a proper Jurassic Park park sim. Then I played I played the first Evolution game just after my daughter was born. And I was trying to pass the time until my wife and daughter came home from the hospital. And I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I sank quite a few hours into it. And I wanted to get back into it, certainly with the new film coming out. I saw that Evolution 2 was on sale, so I thought, oh, I'll have a little look and see sort of what the comparisons are, and, like, the reviews were, like, night and day. I didn't realise that the first Evolution game got a bit of a slamming when it first came out. Mm. I didn't read the reviews before I, I bought it and played it, because I was like, that's the game I won. But, yeah, Evolution 2 promised so much more, significantly better reviews, and, uh, yeah, looked like it was going to provide a more rewarding experience, and, and it has been. It's been absolutely great. Right from the very start, it's much, much more engaging than the first Evolution game, because you start pretty much start by taking direct control of ranger cars and helicopters to go and actively capture dinosaurs because the game is set after Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom where all the dinosaurs were let loose across the world following some mad disaster so you're in this world now where basically you're not just sort of digging up fossils like you were in the first game and sort of analyzing their dna you're actively going out to sort of round up these dinosaurs you know you can drive your ranger car out there you'll be manually arming you know binoculars and cameras to document them and then taking direct control over the tranquilizer gun from like the helicopter to neutralize them and it's just immediately more interesting than you know selecting these options from a menu there's like a story campaign mode uh, which I played through and to be honest that's basically just the tutorial for the game. It takes you through some different scenarios that end up covering most of the main aspects of the game from like you know just the simple things like creating the right habitats for your dinosaurs and managing natural disasters and escapes, uh, conducting expeditions to capture new dinosaurs, researching upgrades and developments, managing your park from like a commercial point of view, keeping track of your finances, you know making sure guests are safe and happy uh, and that was about I don't know maybe six or seven hours of I mean it was really enjoyable like it was a really good way to sort of get my head back into the way this game worked because it, it's, it's mostly similar to the first one but that was really just the start because then there's a whole other campaign called Chaos Theory and it's got six different setups that are based around each of the different films and basically it throws you into them to see if you can avoid all the disasters that happened in that film like, I'm only on the first one of those at the moment, so I'm building the original Jurassic Park. Obviously, I'm trying to trying to learn from what went wrong uh, <laughs> in the film. So I'm currently researching the T-Rex genome to develop one of those to be, like, the star of my park. And I've got its enclosure, like, all ready to go. And I've built, like, super high electric fences. I've got backup generators everywhere, emergency bunkers for guests, and, like, a permanent ranger squad assigned. So... Good luck to the overgrown chicken if it wants its life to find a way uh, on my watch, because it won't. It's going to stay exactly where I want it to. 
but it's it's just it's really really nice just to be thrown into obviously what's so familiar but also you know sort of have control over that like this first one's meant to be the easiest of the six so i'm looking forward to you know seeing all of them and and seeing how the difficulty increases the final chapter which is the sixth one is based around this new film dominion and it's dlc for the game so we'll see when i get to that point as to whether i'll buy that and keep going there's also like a sandbox mode where you can just start from scratch and do whatever you want get your park as successful as possible and with all the things i'm learning from all these scenarios i'm really looking forward to doing that just just i, I just want to get things nice and organized just very clear very straight very safe but with loads of dinosaurs i want to unlock all the dinosaurs Everyone. i want to have enclosures with every single one everyone uh, and oh it's just really good fun oh yeah i'm really really enjoying it i must say it's been a surprisingly good fit for the steam deck as well because it's a game that you know seems best suited to mouse and keyboard controls but to be honest you've got really quick and accurate control of all the menus and all of that sort of stuff i mean it probably still would be marginally quicker and easier to play it on a mouse and keyboard but it's been really nice to be able to play it on the sofa whilst i watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that's that's it. I've also, uh, I saw, saw that um, Capcom have, have recently updated the Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remakes with PS5 upgrades. Oh yeah. But as part of that, it seems, they've also uh, added in um, Steam Deck optimization. And I've got Resident Evil 2 and 3 and Resident Evil 2 has certainly been now Steam Deck verified, so I've downloaded that and I've made a start on it, and it, it looks and plays really, really nicely. And it was already quite spooky, even though I was playing that, watching Love Island. Classic pairing, that is. It really is, to be honest. Like wine and cheese. <laughs> it, it is. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that at some point as well. And, yeah, we'll see see how I get on with Jurassic Park. But every time I, I finish a campaign or, like, a scenario, I'm like, cool, great, awesome. I'll, I'll put it down for a bit. And then within five minutes, I've picked it up again and, and you know, started the next one. Because it's just, yeah, it's really fun. Dinosaurs are great, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> life finds a way. Right. So, that's what we've been playing. But what is Minty ranking this week a game let's find out almost certainly is a game but to be honest it is minty so it could be a massive curveball you never know i'm not sure how off piste you'll go but i'm very excited to hear about it whatever it may be minty over to you what game is going in your top 100 list so i like it when memories of a game can be tied to uh, the wider memories surrounding it. It's like whenever I listen to uh, Machine Head's The Burning Red, I think of Metroid Prime 2 because I listened to it a lot when I was playing through that game. Whenever I think of Tetris, I think of my dad and how I'd come down in the morning to find my Game Boy still on with a new high score on it. There's probably some sort of greater analysis to be made or some deeper study out there about how memories sort of, I don't know, get clumped together, but for me, it's enough to play a game and be reminded about something or to experience something again and be reminded of a game that I enjoyed and associate with it. I'm not a psychologist, I just like things and sometimes I like two things at once. <laughs> I often find myself scrolling through the free section of the app store for a mindless bit of, uh, I don't know, shovelware 2.0 because deep down in my soul I think, well I must be thinking to myself, I want to pretend to be doing something vaguely edifying whilst I'm slurping down mound after mound of ads. They're almost never good, 
and are never worth being interrupted every level to watch minutes of shit ads for even more shit games. But I just, I just can't help myself. I can't. I, every time I open the App Store, I'm like, today is the day. Today, I will find something free, fun, with no ads. Like, I played Sortigo. I know there's games like that out there. But the day I found that mythical game Ooh. was the 7th of October, 2021. We were visiting my wife's family in Texas. I was, I was jet-lagged as hell, and I just couldn't face using that uh, precious recuperation time on my usual weighty fare with a huge menu system or like, a massive sprawling story that you can barely, barely understand at the best of times. I was on the hunt for something that I could blithely graze on whilst waiting for my brain to stop feeling like it had been stirred. I've talked about Bomb Club oh. before, uh, but now that it's been released on Steam, you can consider this the deluxe version of everything that I've ever said or thought about it. So, the Bomb Club. They like to blow things up with bombs in a controlled and safe environment, despite the best efforts of its more chaotic and lackadaisical members, which is pretty much everyone apart from the uptight leader of the club, Ian. You've got Maggie, the prankster. There's John, who's uh, not burdened with an overabundance of intellect. And Blake, who teeters between mad genius and just straight-up evil genius. They're great characters. You learn a lot about them before each sort of each clump of levels there. There'll be a new bomb or a new mechanic to go over. And instead of just a sterile tutorial level where it says, this bomb does this, do this to do that. You've got a little introductory cutscene. They talk about who made the bomb, um, why they put the bomb there in the first place, what they designed the bomb to do. Love an origin story. Yeah, you have a little bit of a training level and a fun little debrief at the end before moving on to all the other levels that incorporate all the other bombs that you've seen as well. Each bomb blows up in a different way and using their different explosive capabilities is the is the bread and butter of the game it's a puzzle it's a puzzler it's a puzzle game the bomb club can't be seen to just have bombs lying around like who would want that name one person who wants bombs lying around you can't the bomb club they can't be seen to just have bombs lying about so every single bomb on the screen needs to be blown up you've only got one light though so you can only light up one bomb so how are you meant to blow everything on the screen up then? How are you meant to clear all of your smelly leavings? <laughs> With careful and intelligent placement of any spare bombs knocking around, you can create huge chain reactions that completely clear the screen and the consciences of the bomb club. And then it turns out that an evil bomb-creating robot has been chucking bombs everywhere and it's your job to save the world and stop it wreaking havoc. You know, regular stuff. It's not just different kinds of bombs, though. It could have easily stopped there. There's so many different kinds. You've got normal bombs that blow up everything next to them. There's baby bombs that only blow up whatever's next to them in the four cardinal directions. There's quake bombs that blow up everything on the same island as them. Beach ball bombs push everything away when they explode. There's already so much variety in the bombs, and then they take it one step further and add hats into the game. These aren't just Team Fortress 2 hats, where you're only buying them for bragging rights. The hats do different things as well. For example, there's sleep caps that stop bombs from exploding until they're knocked off, or a hard hat that will protect a bomb from an adjacent explosion. 
The top hat just makes a bomb disappear instead of detonating and blowing up everything next to it. These are all useful things for when you don't want to accidentally blow up, let's say, the doom bomb Ooh. that causes a game over. So they add a, another layer of complexity to the puzzling. And then there's the fireworks as well, which they're sort of the grading mechanic. So you don't need to blow them up. But if you can blow up one or even two, then you'll get a silver or gold medal for that level. I've got a gold medal on everything except the final level and the DLC. Ooh. Oh yes, there's DLC. Expert level packs with a hat or bomb designed by different members of the club. They are called expert levels for a reason. They're very, they're very, very difficult. Like I said, and like I have said before, the game is free, it's fun, and it has no ads. The DLC packs are like a quid or two each, and by the time you've got to the point where you're confident that you can do them, you've already really, really fucking enjoyed most of the base game, so buying them, it's a given. It's an amazing game in its own right, and I really love it. It's it's fun to play, and it's fun to watch, and it's fun to listen to as well. It's got really, really lovely music. The, the bombs have a nice rhythm to them when you set off the chain reaction. Ah, everything about it, it's, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. But going back to what I was saying earlier about linking games with memories, um, I love playing this game because it takes me back to warm autumn evenings in Texas, cicadas chirping, sauna sofa, infinitely more comfortable than the one in my house. <laughs> lovely, lovely company. One eye on the Aggies game, one on the bomb club just blissful so let's get it placed i think i'm going to get rid of pokemon emerald uh, too many pokemon games in my list it's not a straight swap but it's not too far from it i'm going to put bomb club in at number 39 it's it's excellent i think it's probably easily my favorite mobile game and now it's on steam the bomb club deluxe is now on steam hence what i said earlier about this being the deluxe o3c review so there's really no excuse not to play it pick it up each level will take you about 30 seconds. 20 if you're good. <laughs> but you'll have such a fun time with it. You really will. It's it's accessible. It's fun. Bright colours, bright characters. Really, really great. Love it so much. Marvellous. It is a really good fun game. I still have it on my phone. I'm not quite sure how far I got through it. I didn't get to the DLC stuff either. But like you said, experts only. Mm. And I was, uh, I was short. Always have been. Five foot seven. If I'm lying, <laughs> five, six and a half. <laughs> have you played it, Chris? No, I haven't. I'm just looking at it on Steam because I, I did look when you mentioned it before, Minty, and you wrote about it on the website and then I just never got around to actually checking it out. So I was just looking at the entry on Steam, as you say, for Bomb Club Deluxe. And it's it's got nice art, doesn't it? Really it's nice lovely. art, yeah. some nice character designs in that. Lovely looking game. I haven't looked at the Deluxe Edition on Steam, I must admit, because I don't know if it's something that I can run Steam on that doesn't have lots of confidential information for my wife's work on it so i'll be happy with the app that's fine but yeah whatever you can play it on just 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 play it dang it goddamn play it gosh darn it goddamn play it it's a game very much like i was talking about grindstone it's a game that is made for a mobile and it works so so well on mobile as well i think the only thing that would make it better is if i could play it in portrait mode uh, because those games have proven to get more playtime from me if i can play it uh in portrait mode uh, for whatever reason it's just what's happened <laughs> not gonna make a wanking joke not gonna do it i did i wasn't even thinking about that uh, um <laughs> wasn't even thinking about that you absolute foul human it's because 
every time there's one of those pretend reactionary articles on like Nintendo Life about some mildly salacious game appearing on the eShop, it's always like, and it includes a mode that says you can play with one hand. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just lazy. It's lazy. So I'm not going to do it. That is lazy. Good. You're better than that. I know. I am. So there we go. That was Minty's Amendment. And it was... Bum Club. Oh, we love Bum Club. If you've enjoyed this episode, or if indeed you've enjoyed any of our episodes, then please do... Get in touch with us. We're on social media at O3C Games. We'd love to hear what you're playing. Uh, we'd love to hear what you make of the games that we're playing. Have you played Bum Club? If you have, <laughs> let us know how you're getting on with it. Let us know how the deluxe version is, if you've played that as well. More bums. More hats on bums. No, more bums on seats. No, more bombs on seats. No, that's the worst. Bombs in bums. <laughs> I haven't watched the new Jackass film yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. Okay, Bum Club, fantastic game. If you haven't played it, play it. Tell us how great it is, because we know. And we'll go, <laughs> yeah, it's great. If you want to reach out to us individually, you can also do that. I'm on Twitter, at Jonathan Dunn. I am at Chaz underscore Hodges. And I'm Clement underscore Boo. If you want to find out even more about us, go to o3c.games, check out our articles, check out all the old episodes of the podcast. There's videos on there as well, streaming content. There's also the o3c.games slash support page where you can find details of our Patreon page and also a link to give us a one-off donation via PayPal. We'd very much appreciate it. And please do join us next week where Chris will be amending his list even further. I can't wait. Neither can I. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey, Joe, Brandon, do you want to review everything? No, 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 no. Hang on. That sounds like a lot of work. It's not. What do you mean? Yeah, it's not. Podfred Review, a podcast where we review everything and anything and get lost along the way. Find this podcast and more on the HyperX Podcast Network. Video Death Loop is a show where we watch a short clip on loop until one or both of us can't take it anymore. Each week, one of us picks out a video the other does not know about to their dismay. Video game cutscenes, TV show openings, music videos, and occasional horse videos are just some of the clips we've ran and we're five seasons in. Check us out every Friday. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers as well as online at Target, Best Buy and Amazon. Or you can shop for them directly at HyperX.com and HP.com.